the Damaged Goods Podcast. I started uh, this policy when I, when I come home or anywhere I have a lot of family and friends, which is mostly Boston and Mass. I'm going to tell everybody I'm here. These are the days I'm here. If, if anyone has the time and wants to hang out or, you know, has to make time, do it. But I can't, like, do this. I can't bounce around. Right. Exactly. Cause then yeah, I try to see everybody in the same place, like not at once, but like, like y'all got to come to where, so I, I ain't traveling to go see you. <laughs> yeah. That's the smart move. Centralize it. But that's assuming everybody, you know, you kick away is cool. I guess if they're, if they're from different walks. Well, I wouldn't have people at my house, but I mean, I do try to keep it in a space that like, you know, we all can, you know, that is not like an inconvenience of someone who doesn't drive or something like that. Like they yeah. got, you know, no, but I so. feel like when you're visiting somewhere or back home or whatever, I I shouldn't have to bounce around. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't got, if you're depending on me to come, you're going to be waiting because I got to yeah. see all the cousins, the aunts, the grandmother. It's a, nah, it's a big list to check brother. off. It's a big list to check off. It gets tiring. Plus, like, I want to spend quality time with people. So if I'm mm-hmm. just bouncing around so I can see everybody for one hour, did I even get quality time with any of them or should I spend time with like seven or eight or 10 people and, and get real, you know, good times. Yeah. Right. No. And I knowing you, you'd be over there trying to cook and talk and talk about life and philosophize. Oh yeah. Philosophize. <laughs> I love that word. You know, you know, I'm, talk- <laughs> I'm a philosophizer. Yeah, I like that. I make up some words. I think I said intellectualizing to somebody today. Yeah. You gotta be intellectualizing. Don't try to intellectualize me. Well, you, you, dude, you are like super intellectualized. Uh, I mean, you've always been a sharp cookie, uh, uh, but in, in, in <laughs> mom, mom's name is Cookie, your mother's name? Yep, my mom's name you, is Cookie, right. That's weird random memory, <laughs> and I, I made a little pun. But you've always been smart, but like, I feel like the shit you've been doing in the last few years, I mean, I see your shit, and it's like, yo, sh- definitely, your sword's definitely sharp. You're, you're busy, you're juggling shit, and you're doing a lot of ills, shit that's way above my pay grade, you know what I'm saying? Oh God, it's above mine. I'm like, I saw some of the things I wasn't even getting paid for. <laughs> I was just doing it. Man. Oh man, <laughs> that that uh, that multifaceted um, that voice you're hearing, my guest on Damaged Goods this week is, uh, is a friend of mine. She's an author, she's a technician, she's an entrepreneur, she's uh, a speaker, and she kind of is an ill organizer of things, and she also has a crazy app, She's the fly technista, Talisa D. Yeah. yeah. All right. As it was, well, I, want, uh, I want to clear up I'm not a technician because people be like, yo, can you service my computer? Like, I'm like, yo, I don't know how to do that, but I can, teach you how to, car, dude, you know? <laughs> I can teach you how to get your computer pewin. <laughs> like, I can't. <laughs> I feel like, well, you're even smarter than me with, with things of that nature. I feel like you probably have a lot of elder family members that might. Not, not even too much older, but like ex- expect you to be like fucking over here fixing everything, Steve Jobs and all. Is that, and I'm the build it woman. Like, yo, you know how many times I get like called to assemble like something, like with no like, like Ikea furniture or? Everything from an exercise Peloton bike to a, <laughs> to a, <laughs> I don't know, like everything. Those sometimes can be friendship or relationship enders, trying to put together shit with your friends or significant. I mean, I get called for it because I'm real good at that. Like I can do it drunk. (laughs) I can do it with no directions. I just look at stuff. I come in there, I assess this like, hmm, 
That's it, no directions. That's very that's very man. No guidance, Chris Brown. <laughs> I mean, I it was crazy because when I uh, my book was coming out, I think is when I saw your book coming out, and the the weird thing is like I have so many people I know in my life that are artists, musicians, dancers, director, writer, chef, whatever, and I'm like writing this book and I'm like fuck man I don't know any uh, authors or and then I oh, I know one at the time or maybe two and then I've I've I'm I know a third one by the time my shit's coming out I'm trying to ask questions and shit and then I see you got a book coming out I'm like damn dude it's it's ill because I think it's four people I know that have published books and you're the only woman uh, out of these four uh, wow yeah yeah so that was interesting for me too because like that was at the height of my um my amazon strike as well as my <laughs> prime fast because i was going too hard on amazon so but um, when i see amazon strike break that down was that like you were striking or just a personal i was striking and then it was also like you know because i was i was going too hard on it like they were nice i couldn't fall asleep without looking on prime like real bad like real real bad you know how people wake up and they're on social media like i never had that problem where it's like oh what someone said or mentioned or like but like as far as prime like i was creating all of these just different lists and i really was like low-key becoming addicted like it was bad like purchasing of shit not like watching movies and shit on prime you're talking about buying shit buying stuff watching uh -huh. the things looking at the books creating these like scenarios of when I was going to need all this stuff, box after box, like sneaking boxes, hiding boxes, <laughs> using different cards. <laughs> like, it was bad. It was bad. So did you successfully fast? Um, I think so, because I mean, like, if I'm on now, like, it's literally because they're like, and I mean, also the pandemic put a lot of things in perspective for me. So, yeah. you know, you're not just buying a, sh a shirt or shoes or, you know, but like one thing I, I have like deeply invested in is, is house stuff, but I also tried to not do that from Amazon. Like, I definitely have been intentional with my dollars. Like supporting like women owned, black owned community, yeah. things like that, people of color, rather than just going through Amazon. Yeah. So it's uh it's crazy because you know, if you live in cities or, or even like smaller city town things, you you have it might be a little more work and a little more effort, but you can go to to certain stores, mom and pop stores. You can find right. black owned businesses like my girl's very supportive of like the same shit, black owned or female owned things. And right. You can research and find things. And I think Amazon, oh, it's a fucking, I mean, it's like the most monopoly, monopoly ever because it they really can do is. everything and so fast and so cheap. So it's a little more work if you're willing to spend a little more money. And I like that because I like to support these things. Right. And, uh, I've, I've tried, you know, to buy, the only shit I buy from Amazon is shit that I can't get elsewhere or that. some shit tomorrow in an emergency. But the, right. I got upset because, and you maybe, maybe you can share with this, when it came to book sales, right? Right. Barnes and Noble. I got some mom and pop yeah. bookstores, Kindle and ebook, and Barnes and Noble online as well. But Amazon is where like over 90% of my books got sold. And I would even put the other links out, but it's, it's easy for people. They don't have to like- Right, because they want that two days. Like, and I mean, even with me as a consumer, I'm mindful of that. Like, so, you know, as an author, I, I don't know if you keep hard copies on you, but like the incentive that I give with people from buying from me is knowing that one, I can also give them the option of if they want a portion of their, you know, 
the profit to go to a specific charity that I care about. Oh. So I give them that. And then I also autograph it. And then I also put like black messaging and stickers and things like that in it. So um, you got to customize it. That's, that's the way right, you have to, because I feel like, you know, no, you're not going to get it in two days. You're not going to get it in one day, but you're getting it from me. And, you know, people never think about where's my money going to when you give it to Amazon. They don't, you know, Amazon could be funding these cages. Like, I mean, you know, they, they certainly ain't paying taxes. Uh, that's what I'm saying. So, like, people are always so caught up with, like, what you or I do with the proceeds from our sales, from our books. And it's just like, if that goes into your podcast, so be it. But, like, you know, I'm very intentional about my dollars. And they, about 70% does go back to our community. Well, my that's community. So. That's really dope. Uh, it's like you know that's actually like you know how you can kind of understand this like certain art music artists independent artists they'll tailor the sales of like say vinyl maybe a big like major commercial artist they're not even really stressing vinyl they're not even really stressing their streams but they're going to get so much endorsements and tour shit but smaller independent musicians hip-hop artists they'll sell a customized limited amount of vinyl and they'll 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 autograph it or they'll make certain mm -hmm. ones a certain color whatever and it incentivizes the, the fans to to get it because it's something they wouldn't get normally. So you're autographing, exactly. you're putting stickers, I you're <laughs> giving that option to drop shit on like different charities, which is very big of you. you you're really doing that. That's ill. I respect that. You make me look bad, dude. No, no, because I mean, the uh, the first book that I was that I think you were talking about because that book came out in February or March. Yep. That yeah. that was a that book was about um, speaking. Like I do this. What the name of that book is if they want to look for it. Uh, own the mic. So own the mic is how you know. Basically, I'm I'm 50 of the world's best professional speakers and how I, I am, like, and how, how you started <laughs> and how I started my career, you know, paid speaker, paid professional speaker. So, you know, it's interesting because like, you know, I often tell people like, it's like, yo, you come into a space, do you want to be popular or do you want to be famous or do you want to be impactful? And I mean, for me, like when I started my speaking career, I decided that, yo, like literally being a hip hop head from group home, like anytime you have something to say, say something. Like I literally feel like that. Don't just be chatting at people. But um, yeah, that was that book about how you can become a paid speaker and what, what adds values to the things that you say. But um, the book that just came out well, is about- Dude, yeah, I thought that's what you were talking about. We're gonna have to cut the podcast short. I got I'm working on a second book. I gotta get to work. You putting the fire on no, it. But but it's actually my fifth. So what people didn't what? know was I already Yeah, what people didn't know was I already was writing, but um I was writing like white papers and technical publications for like, you know, advancement and career and leadership development and things like that. And then I was just like, yo, I got all these words. I'm sitting on <laughs> like, so I might as well put them somewhere because people do not give a damn about like, you know, to be honest, thought leadership from women. You know, if it's not, if it's not something like about a scandal show or something that can be turned into like, you know, they don't care about like insights of 2020 back in 2015 from women who was seeing the future with technology and things like that. So um yeah this new book is about being black in america so that's all that's that's what that like a black woman's perspective or just in general no no so um it's a collective from other black authors and and thought leaders about you know it's it's called um sorry i'm all thinking about my own book yeah. <laughs> i had all this rum lunch so i think this actually might be even 
be better helpful, but um, it's called A Collective Breath, yeah. stories, of being, stories of Being Black in America and Visions of Change, because, you know, this was, it was on the rise before all of these, like, you know, police brutality and racial uprising started happening, but like, it just never felt like it was the right time. And so when I was asked to co-author the book, I was just like, yo, I had so many words and I was grieving for so many people and sad for our society and hopeful for our future, but also discouraged. So like when I was asked to, you know, contribute my words to it, I was really looking forward to it because I was raw with that feeling of hopelessness and anger. And it was real. It was coming from a real space. I think I, I actually finished my chapter on Juneteenth oh, with, sure. a lot of, <laughs> with a lot of Black libations. <laughs> Did you find that like the writing of it, getting it out of your head, did it help with any of that? that I will tell you this, when I, I received the book um, last Monday, so um, on Indigenous Peoples Day, which was very special to me and endeared. Um, so when I received my, my copies of the book, my author copies, I actually didn't read anyone's chapter before that. Like we didn't have the opportunity to see what other people's thoughts or feelings or voice was. So when I read theirs, it literally shifted something like, I don't know, like, it's like that healing dynamic. Like when you bond with people over your tragedy or your struggle or, you know what I mean? Like when you, when you meet someone and they go through something that you've been through, it resonates and it hits different. So I'm reading these words that I probably could never live as a Black man from other, you know, the authors in the book but also there are stories that I share or that other people share in the book that they couldn't live or understand. But somehow it was like a thread of pain and hope, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, so makes sense. I, I, I definitely do feel that writing the words, uh, you know, because it wasn't really, the, the purpose of this book was an eventing session about being black and how the world's against us and it's all crazy. It was literally like, you know, yeah, things are messed up, and here's how you can make it not fucked up. Mm. That's what it is. It's like, this is, it's not us grieving or, you know, writing some Black pain, which it is a lot of Black pain, but it's also, is 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 future and actionable steps. So it's like, literally, every, every author had to close out with the solution, what needs to happen next, oh. and then here's some resources and action steps that people can do who really want to make change and see the change, so. I think that's pretty, pretty ill and unique that that was a feature of everybody's piece in there because it's one thing to like, you know, share and, and, and gripe and be angry and then we all right. deserve to do that. And then <laughs> when you when those emotions kind of like fade a little bit, then you're always thinking, what what can I do? What can be done? What's, and so the right. that, right. it's like, is that's pretty unique. I, you don't see that too often, in, maybe in scholastic books, but like you know, but not too often. Uh, you know, you you said something that I thought was pretty interesting right there. So with with any art, you know, music, writing, film, whatever. Uh, and I always thought, found this with writing, like when you're putting your your shit out there, personal shit, like you're talking about feelings and emotions. When a reader, right, when a reader reads it, and maybe they tell you. Oh, man, I really felt that or that you, you eased my pain a little. I didn't think anyone thought that or, you know, whatever. It, it gives right. you this like connection with, with the reader and you don't feel so alone. Other people are sharing the, the trauma, the issues, the thoughts, the love, the right. pain, whatever. But you're talking about that same kind of experience between other writers because you guys are, that book is like a joint book. And that's right. unique because you're not, you're bonding. I'm sure you're bonding with the readers, but you're bonding with these other authors 
Right. And having to like read each other's shit, you just right. see that it's like, it's sim- I mean, it's different, but it's, there's similar parallels and you get to bond over that and feel that connectedness and not feel so alone. That's unique. That's interesting. Yeah. I also, I, I definitely have seen it and experienced it recently. Like when people have been receiving their books and read and sharing with me what they're taking away from like, you know, different chapters, not just including mine, but different chapters. It's been really, I think like, and it's funny, like a lot of the feedback that I have received have not specifically been from like black or brown people. They have been from white allies or people who wanted to further educate themselves. And it's like when they share with me what they received back, I was like, that's even more, that's even more powerful than hearing it from my people because it's like, yeah, we know what we've been through. It's hard. It's like, it's real. But like, you know, to hear it from someone who you know, perhaps, well, definitely have not been through what we've been through as a a group of people for them to say, I actually feel or understand what you're saying and and feel that like that, that's really transformative and impactful for me. Like an empathy, different than a sympathy, you know? Exactly. It's like, you know, I couldn't understand before. I just thought all black people was angry at the same thing. Why don't y'all just get over stuff? And it's like, no, it's, it's more stuff on top of that stuff. Like, it's not just, then <laughs> you know whether the books or art of any kind <clears throat> everybody who's taking it in is going to take something different away from it you know right uh, i mean it depends on what your art is i mean like like my shit is definitely different than yours right it's personal right. It's, it's like a little there's dark shit but some people just like read my shit and they they laugh at these certain crazy where they're laughing at you with me <laughs> but some people are like thinking oh that's a crazy wacky story he, you know it's but funny. it's life and then some people are taking the serious things apart, like the poetry shit or the, the, the right. sad things. And it's like, you know, it's music. You can pull the different shit out. Some people just want to jam to some shit. And then some people might be like, yo, that's like, there's some heavy shit in there. Or I feel, I feel connected. I feel, you know, movies, food. I like your, by the way, I like your little rum punch in the fucking uh, Mason jar. Yeah, man. I was just, you know, yeah. you can't be out nowhere. Well, I don't feel comfortable being out nowhere, so I'm yeah. going to be... Well, Talisa, because I, I want to make all guests feel comfortable and uh, relaxed while we're up <laughs> in the goods realm. I, I'm in solidarity. I'm, I do have a water over there, but I also have like a vodka soda. They both look alike, so it looks like I'm probably drinking a lot, but I'm joining. Same. Right, it looks like I could easily be throwing something else back, but yeah. Well, the difference is you're on the EST time, Eastern Standard Time. I'm in California time, so I'm drinking this vodka soda a wee bit earlier than you. It's all good. It's all good. It's 11 o'clock somewhere. (laughs) All I'm doing after this is maybe I'll do another podcast and I'll just be writing. You know, so it's driving a car. I don't got to babysit a baby, so it's... Right, right. Right. I got a babysitter. Well, toast to that, because I don't need no, it. Sometimes so. you babysit adults, man. Have you ever babysit mm-hmm. a grown man? It's fucking hilarious. Not really. Yo, it's called relationships. Sometimes my girlfriend think I'm just like a big baby about shit. Uh, and then sometimes she'll call me dad. I was like, like not even like poppy, like in a fun way, like dad, like, okay, dad. I'm like, what's yeah. wrong? I'm be responsible or I'm the big baby. But, right, you're a baby or a dad. At least it ain't, it ain't all together, so that's weird. So I do call her like things like uh, uh, like officer blank her last name because she'll be <laughs> she, she hates that. She's not. Or I'll go woo woo, you know, like when she's trying to police. Well, yeah, that's interesting. Like you know, I don't. I be thinking about that. Like policing, policing a bay. That's ugh, I don't. I don't I ain't well, you know, sometimes you want your significant other to be healthy and safe and cool. Right. And depending on who that person is, 
and my right. record isn't the greatest, so I got I got to be right. real about it. And I'm a little wild, so she's always trying to make sure I don't get too wild. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, life is interesting. We, we but we need those people like our yeah. safety. I mean, for real so I, I'm, I'm with a, a woman like her versus some other women I've been with or had this girl right. who maybe too much the 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 Bonnie to my Clyde, which is right, cool. hunger, right? But, like yo, like I don't need gasoline when when I'm like dynamite all the time. Like you got to stop. Like we need yeah. we need water, <laughs> like or if air. Bad by yourself. I don't want a fucking. A, a cheerleader or a partner or a, a someone egging, you know what I'm saying? Like, as I get older, right. my head went, you know? It was fun when I was younger. I just, I just think we need to know the balance of that. I think it's really healthy and good to know. Like, yeah, balance is, is important. Balance is good, because sometimes we're going to be their dynamite or they're going to be ours, and yeah. we got to just some, balance. Some of your friends or maybe family members or it can be significant others, people in your life need you to be their dynamite sometimes. You serve right. that purpose to these right. people and they need it sometimes. It's like, right. it reminds them to live or to be exciting. Right, know? cause I mean like as, as, as self-governed as I am, I'm still, I'm, I'm pretty wild. Like, yeah, but I'm I, also- I mean, that's, the, that's the Talisa <laughs> D I like met and, and know, and you know, we all right. grow, sure. Like but, we, we just grow and we evolve and we, we learn how to like, you know, guide our behaviors and you know, like, but that MFC me is still there. Yeah. Less Hennessy from Punch, you know? No, that, that it's just not a Hennessy night tonight. I mean, like, when I'm with my, my little brothers, and that, it could be a Hennessy night, but, like, with myself, <laughs> being at home with myself, being comfortable, like, I don't I don't need all that negative energy. Like, I know what Hennessy going to bring. I mean, for me, it's a weather thing. Like, I imagine it's a little cooler in Boston right now. Right, and I'm, I'm more of a whiskey woman, so, yeah. like, tonight I just wanted to do something light. Like, I wanted to, like, hey, like, and not be like, hmm. <laughs> for me, it's like, I love cognac, but if it's 85 degrees out, it just right. don't feel right. I, like, want to Nah, you just feel like real thug life. You just need a leather vest and become Tupac and just yeah. get the desert somewhere. I, it's a vest. <laughs> I know it's a vest. It's ventilating from the front the back. He doesn't even have zipped up, but it's still leather. Leather. It's le illegal <laughs> leather. <laughs> it's so hot. You gotta be like dudes in leather pants. I don't know how Eddie Murphy made it through those two comedy specials in the 80s. It didn't melt to death. Martin, too. Yeah, Mar but Martin's was baggy. At least his was baggy. But he and it was, so you know it was heavy because it was baggy. And he had, didn't Eddie, he have a jersey Eddie, one? There's no room for air. I mean, they're both dripping. I thought he had like a heavy, a heavy, um, what's some old school jerseys, just extra heavy. But yeah. Ask him, like a hockey jersey? Nah, it was like a heavy baseball leather jersey. Like yeah, a, well, that was like, yeah, they, I mean, shit, Puffy used to roll around those. Motherfucking Cat Williams was like doing those shows with a mink on, and he's right, just- Yeah, that's true. Dripping, sweating. I mean, Beyonce dances with a mink, a, a hair, shoes, body glitter, stockings, in an entourage and pyrotechnics, like that's too like, much. I don't think you see her sweating as much because there's all that other shit going on. When it's a comedian, there's nobody, there's no light, right? Video, right. Just there, and you see, oh, this motherfucker's sweating balls. They all like, for real lights on you, but you got for real them lights is bright. Like yo, yo, them them lights is bright. Those is hot you, lights. You were you know you were talking earlier about about speaking, like like public speaking and motivational speaking. And <clears throat> discussing fucking how hot it is with lights and just being up there. Like, yeah, I do. I, I, you, I want you to talk a little bit about, or if you're willing to, about the show <laughs> you speak about. But is it fucking ever like hot and, and stressful? Oh, up there. 
Yo, I'll tell you one thing. Like, so a few for I've I've I always rotate between my hairstyles, but between I would say between my 2013 and 2015 year of like my mohawk, like I would go from oh, one side. Oh, yeah, I went from one side shaved, and then I would rotate and and shave the other side, and then eventually. 2015 is when I decided to just do both. Like I did Double both up. sides. And, Double up. Yeah. So I did both sides, but I will tell you this, when I really started to take my speaking career seriously and I was getting booked to speak with that kind of hair, it's no escape because people think like, oh, you, you know, bald is cool, but there's no hair to capture the sweat beads. So oh, it used to be oh, so thing more than like you were worried if you yo, were judged. Uh, Yo, exactly. So I was out here looking like a shady pastor that done stole some collections because it was just dripping so Cadillac and sweat. Right, just dripping so profusely, like just from the forehead, like from the windows to the wall, like you know, to the sweat drops down my no. (laughs) It was like really, like really just like heavy drip before drip was drip and not the other drip, but you drip. And when you're just speaking, it's just you speaking. Maybe I don't know if you have like a like a thing behind you so most of the times like um you know depending on where the venue is or what i'm talking about or what kind of event it is but um you know i would say like 80 percent of the time it's just so hot because there's several lights on you and then especially like if i'm doing any media things like with like television they're them lights are hot those lights are like instantly 80 degrees instantly yeah instantly and then they got like 10 of them on you at yeah. one angle they gotta get and all behind they gotta be the same you know and it's hot yo and those lights make me look pale as shit dude. I and that's the thing in podcasts they make me look pale as shit and that's the thing too like you know i often like when i'm asked to speak somewhere like now not so much because everything is virtual but like previously it was required in my contract that they have lighting for black folks last that's yeah. equity yeah. <laughs> I'm not joking because that's they might have like a right there. you got that that's like in your rider that's that's pretty right cool. like you have to have a photographer that knows how to light black women or black people um and you have to have like lighting that is complimentary because otherwise like what was happening was I was either too dark in the vid here's my Boston accent too dark I was too dark in it <laughs> did, it make, so, did it make you shiny too shiny if it wasn't so it was either I was too dark or too green and I was not feeling any of those options especially like you know as a speaker you want to use stuff as a sizzle reel or you want to share things as a highlight and like you see yourself doing a talk and you look green or invisible like there's a problem like so <laughs> I get I get shiny sometimes or it'll and I got pasty shit you know right so I got oily skin in the sun don't make me look too too pale exactly but um as far as the things that i talk about you know that's it's 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 interesting because like when i what i when i started like take again like i i even feel like you know being in the hip-hop space being a radio personality coming from that background and i mean when i literally think about it i was a radio personality that became a podcaster before podcasting was podcasting he was og like they didn't call format it, it's um i'm blanking on it right now because i'm a stoner it was um uh the radio station the one that was in like lower brooklyn pnc uh, pnc radio man. pnc radio dumbo brooklyn 
Seven J Street. We the OGs. Yeah. We are the OGs. Like we are the original drink champs before drink champ was drink a champ. Of, a lot of big shows and people. Like that combat jack was on there. A lot of people was on right. There. That. Yeah, that was like Dumbo or downtown Brooklyn or somewhere by the bridge. Where what? It something. was. It was Dumbo. It was right, right there at the bridge. So you know, legendary iconic like it really is i'm like i'm surprised we haven't celebrated our anniversary yet when you think of all the legends that came from there i mean just blaze was a dj too like and he's still just blaze it wasn't like you know it wasn't like oh he's this uh, you know someone trying to get on he's already just blaze and he's like yo i want to be done with this like blacked out right so you think of stuff like that but um yeah when i think about like how I transitioned like as a speaker and the things that I talk about and then even my background as a blogger, right? So I think I've always been good at storytelling. I like talking to people and I truth storytelling because I actually don't care about gossip. Hell I don't, yeah. There you go. You know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not, I've never I think that's why like my career as a blogger wouldn't go as far as some yeah. others did. Because I just don't that bullshit. Right. Like, and I, I like things, I like subject matters with depth that matter that you can apply, like things like that. But like, so like naturally as a speaker, it is so befitting of me because I, I literally get to talk about things I care about, yeah. things that make people think, that make people rethink how they behave, how they work, how they treat other people. So I care about that stuff. Like it's, it's always going to matter to me. The The radio and podcast background for you too, like already makes you ripe for like being a great speaker for that shit. And I mean, I've done radio back when I was in high school, plus right. <laughs> so I know what it's like when you, when you, when you have to speak in front of, I imagine the, the, the speaking engagements you get hired for are a little more formal and structured, but coming from radio and podcasting, which can be a little more unpredictable or raw, or whatever, it has you prepped already for this shit must be easy almost, in a way. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure it it's is. challenges. It's different, but I mean, you're not stressing up there. Like if shit went awry, I, I figure you can handle that, you know? Yeah, I'm actually, it's interesting because it's like, I I don't think I ever, I don't think most of the times I, like when I get booked to speak, it's because <laughs> they think I'm poised and polished. Like they actually bring me in because they know I'm not going to be up there. They want your content that you speak about, the shit you got in your brain and your heart, right? Right, right. They they want it real, and they want like what I what I what I receive usually from like you know, the 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 opportunities that I speak at. Like so, I'm gonna come up there. I'm gonna tell you about yourself, and I'm gonna tell you how to fix it. <laughs> so. so is that like part of me? If this sounds like way inaccurate, check me for it. But is it? Are you kind of like a, a motivational speaker in some ways, or? So it depends. Like, I mean, sometimes I literally get brought in to say, hey, we need to turn around our employee engagement or we need to get these group of people to understand why, you know, we need to have more people of color feel included in our business or organization. Or sometimes it's literally like, we don't understand why technology even matters in our business, Laura. Sometimes it's like, you know, it's new products, it's tech services. Like I literally, as a speaker, like my my swim lane, like they were calling media, like if you write, like if you write for a publication that's called a swim lane. So your swim lane are, are the things that you write, your swim lane. So like when you're pitching to an editor at a magazine, 
you're you're wasting your breath if you're pitching to an editor who only covers finance because that's not their their swim lane might not be music you know what i mean or technology so you have to know what people's swim lane are so that you're pitching the right things and the right story to them so me as a speaker i speak about you know um equity matters meaning that everyone has a fair and equitable opportunities and access to things and then I also speak a lot about inclusion. Like, what does that look like if we don't include people in our society? Like, what does our world look like, right? Um, and I talk a lot about technology. Like, yo, if we are not building shit that matters, what else, what are we building? Why are we building the things that we're building? Like, seriously, like we have so many event apps that are not being utilized right now because people don't want to go to an event, but you know what people really need it during this time. They needed to know where to find PPE stuff. They needed to know where to get COVID tests at. They needed to know where their nearest, like, you know, um, community refrigerator or things like that. They needed to know these things. It was less of like, Oh, what's popping tonight. They needed to know where they can get stuff for themselves. And I still feel like, you know, as a technologist, we're, we're low-key kind of feeling society that we don't have a lot of these things in place that people know that they can just download these things right now, or that there isn't like an app or a centralized place for all people who like may not have internet access. Like that, that bothers me. Yeah. That really bothers me. It's cool that you got something that you're genuinely passionate about. So when you get up there, you're not just giving like a rehearsed diatribe about whatever because it's a paycheck or something. It's, it's something you right. can speak about with conviction. And I think that always makes the listener actually listen. Like, right. I don't know if you, as, as a person, if you were to listen to somebody speak or read something somebody wrote, if you can feel that they don't really care, then like, I'm just disengaged right away, you know? I'm mad disengaged. And literally, like, as a, that's actually how I became a speaker, Jay. <laughs> like, that's how I became. Talking at it, and you're like, I should do this shit. Right, no, my, a friend said this to me. I, we were at a conference in New Jersey, and we literally watched, like, we watched we watched like five back-to-back -back speakers and like some panels in between that happen and i remember both of us riding back on the path train thinking to ourselves what did we learn or what did we hear like we were so lost like it was like what was there anything that we could remember that we could apply to our lives and use or like we really like we literally was on the train from like the path train back to the l back to bushwick trying to figure out damn we didn't really like that was a waste of day. And I remember feeling so angry that like, even though they gave us the free tickets, I was so pissed that, you know, it kind of still was a waste of day. Like there was nothing of value or of substance that we could apply. And we were really in need of things that we could apply. So I was like, yo, she was like, yo, you could do that. You, you can, you always be sharing with people stuff and telling them how to go about things. And I was like, I didn't even think of it as like, oh, I'm a speaker. I just was like, yo, I'm going to share information with people. That's it. But you had the speaking skills and experience already, you know, which. Yeah, I mean, radio, you have to interview people. And I mean, I think that's the other thing, like as a speaker, like people, my, it's not my desire to be on stage for 45 minutes and talk at you. I want to talk with you. I want to share with you. I want this to be like, it's, it's not going to be a full dialogue because, you know, if you're giving a keynote, people can't be like, yes, Lord, and, you know, chiming all in like it's church or something, but <laughs> for people who be like that, but I do get that. There, there are so many times that like, I, whatever I'm saying, 
like yo, they just ready to throw the stuff. Like oh my god, like they like ready to like holy ghost being caught, huh? It's, I'm not even joking, Jay. Like you know, I I mean, like I was saying this. Like this is why I get called back for stuff because it's that when someone is speaking about like what you just said, conviction and passion and compassion and understanding and wisdom on something, you want to hear what they gotta say. You don't want to. No one like. Do you take advice for someone who, whose life is messed up? Yeah. Like you might watch it. You'd be like, "Yo, I ain't gonna do what he did." <laughs> no. But you don't. Nobody. Nobody takes or applies advice from someone that they don't respect or want to hear how they got what they got or got to what they got. Like I'm not listening to someone. I'm no, 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 no. It's not that I don't listen to people, but if you can't tell me something like Joe Scott said. You can't tell me nothing. Sorry. You, can't. you know, like. Uh... I don't really consider myself a competitive person. I mean, competitive right. myself. I'm very competitive with myself. But one thing, and you made me think of this, that I would share with anybody, <clears throat> uh, and not even trying to be like competitive, fuck the other person, but when <laughs> you, you see something um, that you're, you're interested and passionate about, and you see people doing it, whether they're writers, speakers, radio, podcasts, whatever, and you see things that people are like, that maybe they're like more advanced than you in their careers or whatever, and you see it and you're not moved by it or you think there's things lacking or that you don't like it, mm -hmm. you can see the things that you would, you would want as a listener or reader or whatever, a fan, and you see where it's not being brought and you're like, I, I, could, I feel like I could bring that to the table. I could right. do that either better than them or they're not even doing it at all. And that's to be competitive, but that kind of, those moments for me always make me feel like, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm doing the right thing. I should be doing this because I just right. don't see it being done elsewhere or done right, or they're not, why isn't anyone talking about this? And like, you find where you fit in and what gaps right. you fill yourself. And that can be like motivation for you to try all your artistic endeavors and work hard. You know, you can always admire the people you like, but if you see things and like, why has this motherfucker got this bigger show? This dude, right? He's like, right? he's, he's trash. Not to be on some like, like this guy. He's a, he's a fucking full of charades. This is a fucking a circus act. Like, let right. me use the passion. And where you see those those uh, absences of of realness, whatever you want to call it, you can lend that to yourself as motivation and inspiration. Get yourself doing it, and then do it better. You know, right? And it's like I here's the thing with with the better part because I feel you on like not being competitive, but also weighing why does someone else have you know maybe the following that they have or the visibility that they have or the support that they have, and you might share the same or better content, but because you might not be a known name or you know what I mean, like and it's it's weird like that. But I was just like I recently was just sharing with a friend like how you know. I'm in rooms where people, these, the, I, I sit at tables and in rooms with people who know my name and the general population won't know my name. Like I'll, I'll probably die, like not known, known, you know what I mean? Like I'll be known amongst my circle. That, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you be known in, in amongst people who are interested in the same shit you are. And that's, I'm no, no, like it's that. interesting. I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm known, known like amongst global leaders and I'm not known in society. So, I mean, there, there's a difference between influence and it's just like, you know, 
I think also in the age of social media, we are so distorted by like, you know, visibility and what does that really mean? Like visibility doesn't always equal impact, yeah, right? You true. can see someone who has significant followers, but you know, these followers could be bots. They could just be people who don't really care about what they follow, but they want to follow what you. contribute to anything that they're doing. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's things like that. So like, like, I, I think like one, because I work in technology and I understand how all of these things work, whether it be the algorithms or the likes or they hide certain posts or they show to certain friends or they recycle to only 20 people. You know day. all the little intricate Yeah, things. yeah. So, I mean, I don't. I have to hire you on. You got all those little the inside info, inside man, right. woman. So, you know, that's why I don't trip over social media stuff because like I, the, why I don't equip like my... I guess, you know, impact to likes, like, you know, because one, it doesn't always translate to profitability or no. impact, right? No. So my ultimate thing is like, you know, I'm never short for, I speak at like at least six speaking engagements a month. Damn, paid. you get busy, man. You get paid. Busy. Shit. But I don't, I never advertise that, hey, you can book me to speak. I never have to. I never. I don't even share some of the content that I speak it about. Speak for itself, and people want. It works for itself. Like so, literally, what happens is, you know, so someone might have like a hundred followers. Meanwhile, they're like a VP of a global initiative for some like major Fortune 500 company. They've seen something that I posted me venting about, and then they invite me in to come speak about this thing. So, you know, where people might look and go back to this profile or this LinkedIn that's not engaged or this email that they don't respond to, I carefully do respond to stuff. I don't, I don't just, I don't discard the stuff just because I don't think someone is popular or I don't know who they are. Like I always wonder who is this person or what they're doing or what they're working on. And I would say like for me, as far as my networking strategy that has successfully worked for me because it's like, I now occupy spaces that I would not have access to if I had not, you know, been like that. Yeah. It's really interesting. It sounds like you walk in a lot of different realms, which is pretty Definitely Ill. do. <laughs> I, mean, I, I met you and you were blogging and doing the radio thing. And then you kind of transition into, well, I mean, I'm sure you were already on some tech shit before you can't just- I mean, uh, you That's the thing. That's also the thing. People think I suddenly- No, like, you must have had those skills building, right? I imagine, but yeah. I knew you. And I didn't know you had those. You kept them real under wraps. You were very hush hush. No, I uh, I only was in music because I actually was working in the capacity of technology. So like you know, this is pre MySpace days. Like I mean, some of the first magazine publications that um, decided to transition to digital. I did digital transformation for like top magazines in tw two thousand and six. Oh, so you so, work, work. Yeah, so like literally this is like Black Planet days, like when MySpace had finally got, <laughs> you know, like that's actually like 99, 2001, 2003. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but as far as like, you know, my first paid clients, like as far as like technology and digital, um, it started in the adult entertainment industry, working on their websites, making sure that, you know, these personalities had like um, gated 
gated, basically a gated website is something you have to pay to access. So I learned how to do that early. I learned how to um, create like an optimized website, which means that the videos load faster, that it streams faster, that the images download faster. Um, like, because you're competing, it was with, a lot competing with uh, the free internet form, which most right. gravitate towards. And then you're right. trying, how am I going to make this dude or this trick or whoever at home Right. They can go almost get free over here. Let me cut out the bullshit. Let me go faster. Let me give them a little extra. Right. And then I, I transitioned from like, you know, doing that in that space. And the first media publication reached out to me because they actually see my MySpace and they was like, yo, is this MySpace? I said, yeah. They was like, what did you do to it? I was like, oh, I just did this overlay and this is a flash animator and I was explaining to them and they was like all over there. They didn't know what I was talking about. And they was like, can we pay you to do this for us? And I was like, I never, I didn't even know this. At this time, I really just thought that I had tech skills, that I could build websites. I didn't know that this was a profession. I just thought it was a hobby. Like I had no idea that people were looking for people like me to build stuff for them. I didn't know. Whole mind of, of skills. I just didn't know. And then so literally when the recession hit, that's when I started fully capitalizing on that skill set I had because it was like, you know, magazines were struggling. They were like no longer doing print publications. They needed to figure out how to transition into like a WordPress blog, all of their content, all of this stuff. So like it for me, it was a really lucrative um, time and and, funny and how that works. And definitely a skill building experience. But like that's how people it's interesting, like being in music, people always just thought like, oh, you like radio or you love hip hop. But it was actually because I was employed by most of these record labels, either doing their social media or building their artists' websites. Oh. So that's literally how I, that's how I got in. Oh shit, that's just crazy. I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I knew you must have had these skills. I, I figured it, you've been working at it, um, you know, not on the low per se, but just always having like that shit going on in your yeah. film. So you got it tight you're sort of sharp yeah i like, was like i was already you know my undergrad was in computer science but i love hip-hop so like super super sharp cookie dude <laughs> yeah so when you love hip-hop like it's, it's interesting because it's like we don't associate like what kinds of professions that we can have and still have that love for hip-hop right like somehow you can't be an author but you already are because you're writing words to to a beat like you are you you have always been an author a poet a scholar a storyteller like all of these things and like you just blend music with the thing you do and for me i just didn't know that tech was a way like i literally only learned how to code 22 years ago jay because i was trying to put my art online that's it that's like, I didn't hard think for me, like, just you, you made it sound so nonchalant 22 years ago. I, I haven't learned how to do that ever, like 22 <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> it's not, it's not too late. And it's, it's definitely, I feel like, you know, I think a lot of people are coming to the realization of like, you know, just acquiring digital skills right now. But like, mm -hmm. for me, I just, I didn't think it was a possibility or a career or a path. I just, I really was just trying to put my art online. That's it. I straight up tell everyone that like, I had no other objections or objective for it. Like, I just thought like, okay, like I need to put my art online as a portfolio. So I have to learn some code to do that. All right, I'll do that. Like, I, I just didn't know that it was gonna be this career. Yeah, I've known some people and friends who done like design work and stuff like in the music industry, like what you were talking right. about, designing social media pages or websites for artists and things like that. Right. And when they're doing it, like, you know, if it's getting hired 
by a label, like you were saying, it's jobs that are coming at you with money. And it's not like you're doing your friends or an artist you know personally you really love. It's like, yo, this is this artist. We're going to pay you X amount of dollars. Right. Have you, keep it funky with me, have you ever had to design some artist websites, a social media page, and you're like uploading the photos and the designs, and you're looking at the photos of this person and the, the music and the picture, and you're like, what the fuck is that? Have you ever just had to design some shit? You were just like, this is the worst. Like, not that you're yo, the worst, but the not, Yo, I feel like that has been 80% of my career, to be That's really honest. It's been 80%, 85%. It's been like 80% of my career and up until leaving corporate. Like, you know, like yeah. there there were times, or, or leaving freelancer. Like, you know, like, I don't know. But it, I just one day, I just came to a place in my career. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like what I'm, I love what I'm doing. I just don't like who I'm working for yeah. or what they're asking me to do. So to be very clear about that, like it just, there were times that like, not just like artists, but like, I don't understand a brand we're working with or their brand messaging, or I don't believe in it, or they don't make me believe in them. Like, you know, there's a lot of things. And then, and then especially like when it ties back into, are they sexist? Are they racist? I definitely don't want to make them like look good and shine online when this is not who they really are. So, oh, yeah, sure. um, yeah, that's, did you, did but, like I would say research or recon on, on a brand or a company or an artist, if someone was trying to pay you to do this shit to make sure you weren't, doing any good work so you know when i when i work for myself no it was literally like either word of mouth and then also the the space and the place that i was in my life as far as lack like you know lacking stability when you're lacking stability it you you are not able to make the, the yeah. best decisions and choices yeah. for yourself because you need you need the thing you know so it doesn't matter how much integrity you have or how much hope if you don't have the the money you need to make sure that you're safe or you you can eat or you're not food insecure or you're not homeless or living on the trains as I was during some of my times um it made me not be able to make some of the choices that I wanted to make for myself even in my career like you know like you can't tell people no I don't want to do this website or work with that artist like you can but you can also you risk not having that check right yeah. So like for me, when I decided to, it wasn't so much that I had all this integrity, <laughs> like it wasn't that, but it was like one day I just woke up and I just was like, yo, like this, what is my emotional paycheck in this space? Like what, what am I, what am I getting out of this other than the check? Like, and how, if, if there was a disconnect in which there often was, you know, being in that lack space, um, for me, it just it just became like I had to make better choices so I can make, have the freedom to make better choices. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, no, it know? makes a lot of sense. I mean, that whole experience kind of eventually it runs it, its course, but when right. you're in that lack space, like you say, like right. you're not in the, you don't have the liberty or the privilege to, to make these integral. I mean, you can, I've done it when I shouldn't have, right. you know, right. but generally most people stress, stress makes us, feel desperate it, 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 whether any kind of stress you're going to do whatever right. you can do to alleviate that stress so if it's in the professional realm it's going to take i'm going to take this job and design for this person who i don't like i don't believe in i would not uh, do it, but i'm in, uh, so stressed I, I gotta calm myself down and that and worked then chasing funny. them for the check so that was it for me too oh, like there was yeah. chasing for the check I like mean, i can't when you get to a point where you can turn things down or, or say, right. you know what, that integrity, and like, 
I want it when I get, like I said, like, even to this day where I, man, I, if I was a little smarter, if I had a, like a devil on this shoulder, I would have been shut up and taken that. But sometimes it, there's a feeling that you can't really put a price on when you say, you know what? I don't want to do that. That shit right. is fuck. I don't believe right. it. Or not even if it's like a. a Have a, you ever did a verse for people that you don't like? You don't feel their song. Up, did ones, you know, it's like right? oh, this so, and then like at a certain point you hit, you're like, no, nah, I'm straight. I don't want to. Right, do like they're like, because it is actually, and what I started to realize as you, you know, further evolve in your career or your whatever, like grow as a person too you start your choices you start being like yo this benefits you more than it benefits me so what i need what i need this for like it becomes soul sucking at some point right like, like a prostitute in a way like you're right. giving services for money and you don't right. really love what you're doing and, like, and you don't love it we're all uh likely at some point in our lives to be in that situation um but right. when you get away from it it feels really good and then you see like the people i mean like way famous in what they do like whether it's an actor musician they don't give a, like the real ill, real motherfuckers. They don't give a fuck. They, they, they don't want that Mountain Dew sponsor or right. they, we're going to pay you to do this song with this person. Right. Like, I love right. them, whether musicians, actors, writers, podcast people who are like, now nah, fuck all that. They do just right. what they want. I like those are the people I respect the most, you know? Right. So, like, I, you know, there are times that, like, um, especially during this pandemic, and it's crazy because, like, I shared how I've, I've, I have not been sustained by any government programs during this time, none. Like no, no grant, no pay, pay, payment protection, nothing, right? So every client or opportunity or speaking engagement that I choose to accept right now, I choose to accept it. And it's not because I'm in a good, I'm in such a swell place that I just have the luxury of saying, oh, I don't want your money. But it's also like, before you just asked me previously, you just asked me this, do I ever research companies or businesses or brands? Previously, I did not. But like making sure that my my money is in alignment with my values now, I definitely do. So if that means I don't, like I said, I'm usually at six speaking engagements. I could have way more, but I also, I look at the alignment and the value and are they bringing me in just to be this diversity face that they need or do they really care about my voice and want to make a change? Because otherwise, like you can just listen to one of my old talks. You don't need to have me come in and, and, and yeah. you know what I mean? Like talk to your, your employees. Like you don't really care anyway. So yeah, it's like, people always say like, you know, know your worth. And it's a trick. I definitely do. And the add the text. It's important to know, you know, but I think, I think it's tricky for people uh, in the artistic realm on the come up because it's a fine line when you might know your worth, but when you can know your worth and acknowledge it to the other people and it matters. Because right. like, there's times where some people might acknowledge their worth a little too soon and people are like, uh, right. you don't have the leverage, fuck off. And then you miss out. But right. get to a point where you do know it, you got to recognize it. Or else, right. I mean, I'm sure you've seen people in different fields, professions, they, they keep excelling I and mean, they're going pretty far, but they still haven't acknowledged their worth. And get right. dragged and they will keep you stuck there. Or they will keep you stuck there. Or bullshit you don't like or, you know, shit that right. you look at. Like, why is this motherfucker doing this? You, you know? know, what's interesting that you just said that, like when people get to the space and they actually know their worth. And <laughs> the thing is, sometimes other people can see your worth too. Yeah. And they still don't want to acknowledge it because they still want to get, they want to undercut you. They don't want to lose you. You're more malleable if you don't have that mindset. Right. 
Right. So I, I think it's really important for us. Like, I mean, you know, if we're going into like astrophysics and all of these things where, <laughs> where I'm currently yeah, residing right now. That's too deep for me. That's, that's again, above <laughs> my pay grade, man. No, but like, uh, I'm just thinking about like, you know, our lessons as, as, as like humans right now, the space that we're in was always for us to come into um, understanding of self-worth right now like that's that's where we're all in we're all supposed to be coming into a space of not just you know awakening to our purpose or things like that i'm talking about worth like worth makes you treat people different it makes you act different it makes you carry yourself different so when more people are aware of their worth like they treat people better like they they demand better people want to give you better because they also know your worth that's important like if you go to somebody's house and their house is spotless and really clean you know what you take your shoes off you make sure you put right. the poster down if you go to somebody's crib and it's a pigsty then you're like well they don't care about it so i don't care about it so it's whatever <laughs> i'm gonna ash this blunt on the goddamn carpet like you know right it's it's, it's, it's weird that we, we we don't i think humans like we subconsciously look for some kind of validation from the other person we're engaging with like, right. Indicators. There yeah. are indicators of how we should treat something, how we should treat each other, how we treat like there are like there's little subtle indicators. Like you said, the messy house, yeah. people who got a messy life, people who don't, you know, people who are not like on, on their shit when it comes to their work. Like we know how they treat their work. So we don't expect them to respect our work. Right. Exactly, you man. can't I mean, you can't demand like you can't explain somebody, stuff to people. Yeah. If you're if you're with somebody romantically and they don't maybe ha understand their you know like if you might even think in your head I might be walking all over this person but if they don't really acknowledge it you'll you'll lose that thought quick and you'll continue to do so or or like you know there's music show promoters hip hop rock and roll right. rock they like yo we're gonna make y'all char uh, charge y'all to perform. And if these right. people say anything, then like, oh, word, we can always get them to perform. And some artists will say, well, no, fuck that. That's a bullshit ass method. And exactly. they will, you know, just adhere to a different whole approach to it and make their own shit. And uh, it's crazy because I see like, I see it happen a lot. And, and I'm sure I've been, uh, not a victim, I would say, but like I've, I've participated in it myself at some point when not knowing your worth, because it is like I say, it's a tricky thing to navigate. You don't want to overstep and miss an opportunity, but at some point, Nah, this is what I, I, I do. This is how much I would show. Right. Or this is what, uh, even if you're like a regular not artist, you're looking for right. jobs, right? A nine to five job. I need to make X amount. Now I've already done the same job for this much money. Right. And you only want to give me this. And it's right. tough. You really need a fucking job. You're going right. to, at some point, you've got to have an escape plan because they took you at a, a point where you valued yourself so low. It's going to be right. so hard at that company, that business to work up to a point where they'll pay you what you used to make at the other job. So maybe take it because you're in the jam and you need to, but don't expect them to give you the raise, start making your exit plan elsewhere, you know? That's what I was, that's what I strongly suggest and recommend always, because I mean, like, first of all, if you go into a space feeling undervalued, you will, your work performance and your, you, you, whether you're an artist or having a regular nine to five, it doesn't matter if you come into a space with the mindset that you're worth a certain thing, you'll continue to attract those things. So like literally you have to get out your comfort zone and say, you know, it's, it's kind of difficult to do like us again when, when you're in that lack space, right? Because when you're in that lack space, you need, you need. So who, you literally look at yourself like, who am I to demand these things right now, right? <laughs> like, so, but also you can't, lack is such a, a magnet to like misery 
and like all of these other like low vibes that we don't want in our life, right? So if you're continuously functioning in lack, that's what you attract, literally. That all the things like, oh, I don't have any money, so I can't do a vacation. Oh, I don't have any money, so I can't invest in this class. Oh, I don't have any money, so I can't leave this crappy job. It's still lack. It's, it, it is based in fear and it's based in some truth. But like, if you don't like make a decision to like live courageous or brave or seek that job that pays a little bit higher, or maybe learn a new skill that will get you out of the, I did this job for the last five jobs. Maybe you need a new, a new skill to up your pay. Like that's literally how it goes. Like even as an artist, as an author, like as an artist, if you've been doing the same shows at the same venues, maybe you push yourself further and say, you have an actual goal by the end of whatever year you want to be, you want to perform and say you're normally doing like, I don't know, 450 people, but say you want to get a thousand, an arena of a thousand or 5,000, right? Yeah. So you do that. You got, I mean, <laughs> I feel like uh, what you were just saying, like that, that the, when you're in that lack space and you're kind of comparing yourself to what you would imagine you, you would be at or would hope to be at, then you know the, the element of social media, uh, the, a lot of people I know, and I'm sure I've been uh, you know, guilty of this myself, there's this game of comparison people play. Right. We and, all are. And and like it, it, like there's the simple lack of what you were saying, like literally just pay the bills. Or, or right. am I making you know enough? And then there's the there's a little more uh complex levels to it, like, oh, I'm only driving this car, or I'm only right. my you know significant other only is this pretty, or I'm <laughs> that too. They do that. I'm only like I'm only going on these trips. I'm you know right. you can easily fool and and not everyone's lying on in social media. There's a lot of people are really doing it. Right. If you're looking and comparing yourself to that, it's gonna make it only harder for you to to break out of that little cycle and do shit. And and you know you gotta just sometimes you gotta tune the fuck out, dude. And even what you just said at like, yeah, some people are really doing it. Like, I also think of like, what else are they doing that we don't see that they're doing to get the things that they're doing? So do you know what I'm saying? Not everybody like some like, it's not that people are not living in these houses or going on these trips or with these significant others or whatever they portray on social media, but it's like, Hmm, what are they lacking because of this? Or how did they get what they got? Like, I, I feel really strongly and curious about that stuff too, because it's like, I think lesson to be flossing. No. And I feel like it persists more, not just like, in, in the, the realm of strangers, like seeing uh, people you might know about uh, you know, who are like famous or le- low level. Right, friends too. You be like, what you doing? <laughs> More significant in groups of friends and, and family. And not even like maybe your immediate crew, but like your associates right. that are friends with the other friends. And you're like, you see that shit. And you that shit, I feel like puts more pressure on somebody than looking at someone they don't know. Because they can personalize this experience. Why is Billy exactly. or Christina, De- Jessica, whatever her name is, you know, pick your fucking random name. Why are they right. doing this and having this? And like, I don't like, fuck. And that'll freak you out more than a, a person you don't know personally, I think. Yeah, you know, that's crazy because like um, Harvard Business Review did this like study about the three loneliest points in our adult life that we will face. Like, mm-hmm. and it was interesting. It said like, you know, late 20s to early 30s. And then, you know, um, our late 40s to 50s and then like, you know, our 60s or 70s. And then it broke down why these three particular places are the loneliest parts in our lives. And basically from the 20s to 30s, you start reconsidering your life choices that you made. Like, you know, should you have 
chose this job or not go to that school or got married versus didn't get married, you know, all of these things. And then it was like, basically like, you know, thirties, forties or forties or fifties or, or, or something. It was like, you know, that's when your parents might start passing away mm -hmm. and then you feel the loneliness of that. And then you're maybe your siblings or maybe you're going through health stuff. And then also if you're not married or kids or things and, like or that. Divorcing, maybe you've been too long married, like am I with the right person anymore? Right. And then it's that too. So again, you're back to revisiting your life choices. And then it was like, you know, 60 to 70 because we lose our friends. Yeah, and then we start to think right. like, yo, oh, death is, it could be us. It could be me. Like, you know, but um, like, it was really interesting when I think of that, but like, that's literally how we compare because it's like, that's also why it's so easy for folks who don't know people to be so proud of a celebrity that started yeah. a new line. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, you start a line, you write a book about the same thing and where's the support at? Because again, it goes back to their comparison. Of, yeah, Cause well, now it hits them a little more. Right. Hard, hard. Look, that's a really like, good point. Hey, look at you. wrote a book. He's doing this. And, and instead of people feeling proud and inspired for Jay or Talisa, they're now like, yo, like I gotta, I, I can't support this because what am I, you start comparing your life or your, ex your life experience to what they're scare you or scare you away from wanting to support it. Cause all you're doing is looking at yourself. Like, what am I not doing? Right. Right. What am I trying? <laughs> like, I thought this was like, you know, and that's the hardest shit. And, uh, I, it's like, man, like I really always, like going back to the thing I said about being competitive. I've never really been right. competitive with us. I'm not like, a, I didn't play sports a lot. I was more <laughs> into art shit, like, you know, skateboarding, music, painting, whatever. Right. That makes you, you get a little competitive with us, but you get real hard on yourself, right? You know, right. which maybe isn't the healthiest thing either. You know, you could be hard on yourself, but it, it is like, you do see that. And then, you know, like your friends are, and family are moving at different, everyone's moving different speeds. You know what I'm saying? You might, my little cousin got married, one of my little cousins, he got married last year. He's like 26, 27, right? I'm like 10 years older than him. Right. And on my mother's side, he's the youngest cousin. And like, you know, me and my girl, like, uh, we go to the wedding, you know, and like, we're all like, oh, she's younger than me, but, all, you know, like, older than that. And then people start asking, when is, and when is, I, I was like, motherfucker, why the fuck you gotta make me look bad? I've been with her for a couple of years. You just meet this chick, you get married, and you're young as shit. You making me look bad, dude. You know, like. And it's really not making you look bad, but it's just something <laughs> inside of us that snaps, and you just feel like again, it's the comparison, and like, did you make the right life choices? And you start feeling like shit. Like, I have like <laughs> other people in that group of friends or family, like maybe they'll talk or mention the the other person that's whatever doing what we perceive to be great right right or successful oh, they'll be talking relatives or even looking at you about it like or they'll put you and them in the we thing like god like joey is or i keep using these like real generic white names yeah <laughs> whatever they're doing like you know uh is 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 doing this and like we're just over here single and bumming out or some shit you know like, well what you gonna be saying it's tar and rashad like what you going names you're gonna be throwing out here now <laughs> like, well, let me give me give me think about it we could get all <laughs> It's 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 crazy because I think back before social media, even MySpace, I don't think you saw it, but everyone that's everyone's big complaint. Well, one of the big complaints about social media is like the pressures you see and feel from looking right. at people's shit. And no doubt, dude, but you know what I do? I don't follow that shit. That's I, what I'm saying. You have the fucking power, dude. You are choosing. Everyone has it. Power. Everyone like I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of motivational speakers. It's like, yo, if you don't like how someone is treating you, unfollow them or whatever, like whatever it is. And I just literally feel like 
I just cannot imagine my, and I mean, I'm at the cusp. I know what life is like before technology yeah. and with technology. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? I like, imagine we're at a similar age, not to, not to, yeah, very rude as me as a gentleman to do that to a lady. No, but, it's okay. But I, I just feel like, you know, cell phones and the internet. And right, the right. I grew up where you call people's house phone, you have to wait no, for them no, to call no, you back. Yeah. They call you back. They paid you. Like if you had a pager, if you get, you gotta find a, you gotta find a payphone to call your mama back. Like there's all of these <laughs> things. But, no. but it's interesting. Like you know, I, it's not like social media for me. It can't be my life. People only. There are people who literally only live online. Yeah, I mean, they live online. They wake up online. They go yeah. to sleep online. They put everything you know, online. On there. I mean, my thing like. With social media, I say this a lot. Maybe it sounds corny because um, I'm in the position to say it. But like, I mean, I, I always say if I didn't have shit to promote or sell, right? An artist, I wouldn't. Right. Do it. I use my right. to literally to sell books, promote a podcast, right. a radio show, or right. and, promote my music. That's it. Right. And when and you you've done it so successfully, it's not like you're actually doing it. You know what I mean? Like you know, like. You're known for what you're known for, but yet it's still, it's, it's interesting because I even think of that, like with myself, it's like, I actually don't really share my book or what I'm working on. Sometimes I just go on social media to engage and share my day-to-day -day life, like sometimes, but like, I'm not vlogging and I'm also not like, I don't know, it's weird. Like, it's always been a choice for me. Yeah. Always. And that's the thing. It doesn't feel like an obligation. It doesn't feel like I have to, I need this. Yeah. And that's. I mean, that's the way you, people should probably look at it. And and people have the option, like, even if it's your friends or people in your Yo, friends. There's friends I don't follow. There's family I don't follow. Their that's life doesn't. Yeah. And if you want to be a little sneaky, follow and mute them. Not because you don't like them or don't love them or respect them, but it it's having an effect on you, right? Right. Like, like right. the I follow is joke-ass memes, surf videos, skate videos, some food stuff. Although I got to stop that. Right. Dangerous habit. Why? The occasional like butts, maybe some butts, but not even I cut the yeah, butts. But you know that these are the natural. That's perfect. That's a perfect balance of algorithm of engagement. Like it really is. It's just like it's you know, like, like you, nothing's gonna. None of those things are gonna make me sad. I don't follow. Right, like, like you know, like but people. like for there are people who will hold an entire social media accounts of following people they don't like, just Dude. to watch them. Yeah, or just to like okay. If I follow them, they follow me, and that's how I gain my base. Like, I don't right. really give a fuck about, like, I follow people that I know personally or that those kind of accounts that I mentioned. Right. <laughs> I follow a lot of, like, musicians or rappers or actors. I don't, right. don't want to know that shit. I'm straight on Yeah, that. I don't follow celebrities. There's, like, 10. Yeah. I think there's literally 10 on my list that I follow. 10. 10. Yeah. I, and I really just don't care. Follow. And it's, if people forget, we feel like, God, it's all this pressure. It's like all you gotta do is unfollow. And you can still stay on social media. Only if, say you like movies, just follow movie shit, dude, or or whatever. Yeah. You can choose. Yeah. But we feel guilty. Oh, I gotta follow this friend or that friend. And maybe that friend is doing all this fancy shit and it makes you feel bad. Or that's your. That's what I'm saying. So like you, her, but it hurts you to see her with this dude out there. Yo, what? people be like that too. So like literally, I'm like anything well, that, that you know? if you feel like it's gonna just be the midwife of your misery, then leave that shit. Like, don't let like that- <laughs> Midwife of the misery, yes. For real, like, you know, when you think of a midwife, they bring they bring these things into the world. So like, you know, like if people 
are bringing the worst out of you, like the the miserable, low vibe part of you, just looking at the first of all, that's that's a that's a them thing, right? They need to heal themselves yeah. because if you seeing someone else enjoying their life or living their life or you know, and that really triggers you and it bothers you. That's something that's like internal. There's nothing that you're gonna ever have. You gotta fix that, that. substitute for that, yeah. right? That's crazy. Like that's. <laughs> It's true, man. And like, a, I'm a big, like, I hate censorship, right? Even if it's something mm -hmm. I don't like or agree with, right? Like, if I don't like this politician saying this hateful shit or like whatever, mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. like censorship because if I want to speak my shit, right? If I want to, whether I want to protest some shit or say mm -hmm. it on a radio show or write it, the, the way it works, the, the way the universal law is, I have to let other people do their thing. Even if right. not even something I vastly disagree with, but you got right. That's how it goes. But. Yep. I don't <clears throat> read the shit I don't like. I don't listen to right. me. I don't like. I turn right. the channel right. You, yeah, I don't like this show. It's offensive. I don't fuck. Right, right. You got and, everyone has the choice, and I hate when people feel so hopeless and so angry. Like, no, you you have the choice to walk away, to unfollow, right. to mute. More power than you acknowledge sometimes, and people feel like because it's on the internet or some shit that they're they're screwed and they're getting affected by it. Like, yo, you don't have, like, it's not like when you wake up in the morning, the internet's in your face. Right, like, you put it in your face, face though. Right, you just said it, you put it in your face. It's your choice. Like, <clears throat> I don't maybe like this music or this guy, what he speaks about or, but I don't fucking engage with it and then it doesn't bother me. And, then and, and that's, that's what it is. I was about to say, that's the secret. I yeah. don't get, I don't get fed political stuff on my timelines because I don't engage with it. I don't search you don't for it. Fuck with you. And there's people, yo. That this is the thing, yo. I think there's people. Not even think. I know. I know <laughs> people that do follow or look up things. They do. They seek it out. And they'll complain about it, but like they seek out their rage. They seek out their pain, their frustration, and their rage. Because then it kind of justifies maybe some feelings they have. And like you choose to go look at your ex's fucking thing and stalker shit and look at her new woman. You choose to look at that politician gets you created. Dude, tune that shit out. It'll be a lot healthier. You don't like this guy the way this guy talks about food? Fucking don't fucking follow him. Or you don't like this right? That's also the other thing, Jay, like, you know, people, I always say this is like, you know, people know explicitly the things they hate. They know explicitly, they know their haters by name. When you ask them what they love, what they like, what they like to do, like their silence is crickets and that's a problem. That's why you got to like, you got to remind them, like those people, you got to remind them that you're the MFC, dude. Always. What you tell them? What is that? See, I see it. What is that? And tell them what the MFC stands for. Mad fucking cute. No, <laughs> middle. <laughs> you like MF Doom? No, I, I, I always, that was that was a joke back in the day. Like when I when I first got it. Um, yeah, that's a good anagram too. Yeah, when I first got it, like I said, every time someone asked me, I was going to just change what it was for. So I'm like, my first child, my favorite child. <laughs> um, but it's good. It's middle middle finger champ. Middle finger champ, dude. And it's on a goddamn right in the middle finger. Sometimes it is my handwriting. They was like, oh, we want to give you some design. I said, no, I want my own writing on me. Hell yeah, dude. Sometimes you got to tell them that. Like if you're you're in a more professional setting, maybe you're talking some tech shit and somebody- It don't matter. They still understand what this is. Just show them that shit. Like, uh, excuse me. Just show them, dude. Like here's here's where the exit is if anybody's looking. I, I, not to like sound simple or or uh, I don't know, man. Just avoiding things, but sometimes you gotta say fuck them. 
Some, all the time. Not all sometimes, the time. all the time. <laughs> no, say it again, TD. All the time. All the time you got to say it. Say, you got to say what? Tell them all the time. You got to say what? All the time you got to say fuck them. Fuck them. All right, y'all. This episode of the Damaged Goods Podcast was brought to you by Elite Botanicals. Elite Botanicals is originally the CBD division of Elite Cannabis. If you guys have heard me talk about them, you know this is my favorite CBD product out there. The only one that truly works. I swear by it. That's why I'm endorsing them, not for any other reason. And now they're back with their new line for your little pets, Whole Pet CBD. They are one of the first companies farming high CBD cannabis under industrial hemp rigs. They've been working with CBD since 2013 with one of the first licensees in Colorado. Also, they've been working with Colorado State University since 2016 on their canine research study with CBD. So they know what they're doing. Their focus is providing farm-to-table product that uses the best ingredients possible, ultra-refined, distilled, full-spectrum CBD oil at high potency for reasonable pricing. That's the problem. Most of these other guys are overpriced for their non-working stuff. This allows for effective dosing and a 30-day-plus supply per unit. For the pets, they've got drops that go on their food or in their mouth. they got chicken and salmon-flavored ones. They've got soft gel capsules. they got a gravy powder. You just sprinkle that over their food or put a couple of water in there, and it makes a nice little gravy mix chocked full of CBD, glucosamine, and omegas for their joints. They've got nose and toes balm for cracked noses and paws, and they got some all-natural treats on the way. All this is available at wholepetcbd.com. Elite Cannabis, Elite Botanicals, and now Whole Pet CBD, all from Elite. Go check it out. And now for an additional discount, use the promo code DAMAGEDGOODS. That's D-A-M-A-G-E-D-G-O-O-D-S. Damaged Goods to get an additional percentage off.